Welcome to Conlangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and with me in sunny California, we have David J. Peterson and Jesse Sams. Hello. I think I think we were gonna, you know, maybe say hello when George said our names, but no, David was totally silent. I am dumbfounded that you said my name first. Why? <laughs> because you didn't give me time to didn't give me time to rev up and prepare. A hello. <laughs> do you do need time to prepare such things? I mean, I, what, I guess what? we're just going to dive in and talk about my new motorcycle conlang. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very very exciting. Um, uh, I have you guys on for yeah. reasons that have to do with conlanging, as I often do. Reason. Uh, but uh, let's let's just before we go into that, a uh, couple of top of the show announcements sort of uh things in news uh uh i wanted to highlight um if people listened way back a long time ago to our ho-chunk episode um the elder we had on cecil garvin he just got an honorary doctorate from the university of wisconsin madison so that's great for him for his work in revitalizing Ho-Chunk. I took a Ho-Chunk class with him, and that's, you know, that was very interesting to be involved with. Um, So uh, I'll link an article to that. Uh, Another thing, we just had the Language Creation Conference. Uh, There were lots of great presentations. Uh, I have a presentation up that... uh, was interesting. I kind of took it as sort of similar to what you would do for a linguistics conference and this is, and you shop some ideas that you might use later. In my case, might turn it in, turn into a longer video or something, but uh, it was lots of interesting stuff and uh, everything's on YouTube if people want to check it all out. Um, but uh, moving on to the reason I have Jesse and David on. You guys are doing a second Conlang conference. Is that right? You bet. That's yeah. right. So we are going to have a Conlang conference called CopyCon. It's going to be September 23rd at Georgetown University. Uh, and uh, Basically, it's it's going to be live and in person, and anybody can come who wants to, uh, except that we're limited to, like, 100 people. <laughs> so anyone can come as long as you are registered <laughs> and in the system. <laughs> yeah. First come, first serve. Yeah. Is there going to be any kind of digital live stream for that? That's a super good question that I super do not have an answer to yet. So <laughs> we, uh, we're we still waiting well, back uh, for answers on a couple of key points. One of them that's going to uh, allow us to release a schedule, which will be happening soon. Perhaps, uh, how long do you think it uh, will be before this episode goes up? Uh, I'm going to try to get it up as soon as possible, probably sometime within the week. So we may or may, we may not have the schedule ready by the time this is actually live. Um, yeah. But 
shortly thereafter, surely we will um, be able to have that schedule released. And as far as the the digital question, um, that is something that we are actively trying to figure out. So it is something we want to do. The question is, you know, whether the facilities will allow for it, essentially. And so that's something that we are working on getting there also, answers to. Yeah, there also may be a tricky bit because we're going to have some music there, and I don't know if they will allow their stuff to be streamed, and if so, then we need to figure out you know, how we can stop it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah, I know that this is uh, something that everybody has been asking, and believe me, it's not something that we're pushing aside. It's, uh, it's just something we don't have an answer to yet. Hopefully we will... Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we will soon. But even so, if somebody is hoping to watch digitally, I mean, you know, they can they can wait <laughs> for a few months off. If for but it is the information that is up there on your site that looks like they had Squarespace in the seventies. Uh, <laughs> there's. Uh, the two of you, of course, as speakers, we've got John Quijada, we've got Sally Cave, Silvia Sotomayor, um, uh, Mark Okrand, Paul Fromer. This is this is, looks like a pretty good lineup of people at the conference, at least from the information so far. That's uh, looking good. Yeah. Also, um, also and, Carl um, for the younger folk, Bibleridian. Yeah. This, by the way, will yeah. be, uh, uh, as far as I know, I'm, but I'm fairly certain this will be Bibleridian's first uh, in-person presentation. He's a very big YouTuber, uh, but has never done a live presentation. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, always going to be first, first for anything. I think I've seen one or two of his videos. Um, very interesting. He's, he's pretty big. Very, have you, very ever, good stuff have you ever had him on here, Con Langery? I don't think so. I'm, I'm telling you, it, for for the younger folk, it's <laughs> it, it's something that you're going to want to do. I mean, you know, uh, comparatively speaking, like I think you know, if you combine like our private YouTube channels and Langtime Studio together, I think we've got like I don't know, uh, maybe uh, sixteen thousand subscribers. Um, Bibleridian is over hundred and twenty. Um, he is, he is 20,000, 120,000, excuse me. He is where young people get their Conlin information from. Like, it's like, he, I think he has overtaken Artifexian uh, in terms of, like, the go-to wow. person on the Internet. So, anyway, I'm going to throw out that Which, recommendation. I think he'd be good on Conlin. That, that is, I did not know that he was that big. Well, are are you kind of uh, like us in that you don't really do YouTube a whole lot, <laughs> like uh, watching so, videos? Uh, when I had time, I watched a lot of YouTube. I don't. I have never really watched a lot of conlanging YouTube content. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's um. I think a lot of the. YouTube content on conlanging is geared towards more beginners, which is nothing wrong with the content. It's just like I'm not the target audience, right? Sure. Right. Um, yeah. And also, it's just now I have full-time job and three kids, and I do not have time to watch YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, this is what I'll recommend before, before you have uh, Pip Loridian on. 
take a look at some of his Conlang showcases. That's where okay. he uh, just does a video on one of his Conlangs. Um, you'll see why he has uh, inspired such a following. Uh, he's done good stuff. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Moving on from infomercials about other people. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys are on YouTube, too. And yeah. this whole thing of Copicon, I think, came out of the Langtime Studio live stream, right? Oh, it surely um, did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Surely the, did. Yeah. The, um, Weird adverb use. And there we go. Why don't we get a little bit of an update on that? Uh, I have not been able to join in as often as I like, but I understand that you're working on the language for dogs, which is going to be the last one. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? So originally, um, uh, going way back, uh, I've had this idea for some time of turning a video game that I was a really big fan of, Shining Force, into a board game. Um, There's Shining Force 1 and 2 on Genesis, and it, there, it was just a really neat system that I didn't see implemented uh, elsewhere. Um, a, others might be more familiar with a game called Fire Emblem, which kind of does a similar thing to Shining Force, but frankly I never got into. Um, anyway, none of them really captured the core mechanics. Uh, no, there are some board games like something with cross in it, cross masters or something like that, where it's like kind of similar, but it doesn't capture the core mechanic very well. And so I wanted to create a board game that did that. And I thought it would be, it would be cool to make them with anthropomorphic animals. And I actually, I sat down to design this and honestly, I've got the actual gameplay that's been done for ages. But then I sat down and I was like, well, you know, something that was really cool about Shining Force is that each of these, you know, little, you know, soldiers that you have, they're basically individual characters with their own backstory. And I thought that would be really cool to do in a board game just for fun. And so then I sit down and start to write these. and I'm like, well, I'm going to need a language for each of these things, because the first thing you need to come up with is a name and you can't have a name without a language. And so... Um, my original idea was to take five of my languages, uh, five of my old languages, uh, which are not up to my current standards, and update them. Um, right. And I had ideas for each one. The, the rabbits were going to have uh, Kamikawi, the opossums were going to have Sedan, the dogs were going to have Gwader, um, the mice were going to have Njama, and the cats were going to have Gilar. Um, anyway, I even started working on like a new Gieler language for the cats, but just like, it just wasn't coming together right. Um, and anyway, at this time, uh, Jesse and I had finished working on season one of Motherland Fort Salem. Uh, so the year was roughly... Well, actually, it was sort of very beginning of 2020 at yeah, this point. Yeah, very beginning, very beginning. Of, 20, of 2020. And, um, and so we weren't, you know, assuming we didn't know if Motherland Fort Salem was going to come back for season two. But other, even if it did, we wouldn't be working on anything else for a while. We enjoyed, we enjoyed working together so much that we wanted to do um, another project. And so that was when I came up with this idea, well, rather than revamp my old languages, which is going to take time anyway. Um, why don't we, uh, you know, create some new languages for them? And then we maybe we could do this as a YouTube series, uh, me and Jesse. 
Uh, and this was <clears throat> mainly kind of a, an idea for us to work together. Uh, it was also inspired by two things. One was um, I had started uh, not live streaming, but recording my work sessions uh, when I was mm -hmm. working on projects. Uh, they couldn't be live stream, of course, because they were all NDA. But what I would do is I, was, I would put the work stream up after the show came out. So, like, they're, um, you know, on my YouTube channel, there are streams of me working on, like, Dune and uh, actually Halo and um, a couple of others uh, that are up there. Anyway, so I did uh, one with Jesse that, uh, that went really well, but unfortunately we didn't record it. <laughs> It was like it was like we recorded it, but I guess like the mic or something wasn't on, so it was like it's, an hour of silence. Yeah, it didn't record any sound. It was uh, just humiliating, and so uh, <laughs> we did it again uh, for the last episode of Motherland Fort Salem, and it was just so much fun uh, doing it. Uh, you know, working with Jesse and kind of like with the anticipation that we'd have an audience. So I thought, well, what if we did that live and just stream the whole process of creating a language from beginning to end? Um, and with the idea being that, you know, it, it's not going to be a, a quick five minute video on how to create a language, but if you wanted to see exactly what went into the process and including long periods of just sitting there with silence, you know, as you try to figure something out, that would be what that was for. And it was also, uh, partially inspired by, uh, Bob Ross. Um, I just really loved how he has these videos of him just starting with a canvas and painting a picture. Um, I think I, I originally intended them to be a bit more meditative in the style of Bob Ross. That's not how things turned out. No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> so that was, that was kind of the whole impetus, the whole, the whole idea behind it. Uh, and so we decided to, uh, we were going to create a language for each of these animals. We started with the rabbits, mm -hmm. finished that out, moved on to the opossums, and then the mice, uh, and then the cats. And now we are at the dogs. And these are the five original anthropomorphic animal sets I had in mind uh, for the game. And so, yeah, we are now on the last uh, language. And the plan was for Copicon to be roughly at the same time as our last episode for season five. And in oh, case, you're, and in case you're wondering about the, the Copicon name, uh, that was because during our, our Langtime uh, episodes, it was way back in season one mm -hmm. um, when we would get to a point where we wanted to celebrate, David would often pull out a candy called Copico, which is a coffee flavored candy that mm -hmm. he was a big fan of. Um, I ended up getting in on it when he sent me a bag of Copico, so that way I could have some celebratory Copico as well. Um, and so during episodes, every episode, we will have Copico at some point mm -hmm. to celebrate whatever. And um, so that sort of became a thing. People who watched it a lot, uh, we have a lot of inside jokes, and one of them became, oh, we should have a convention, and it should be the Copicon, and suddenly... That became its own thing, and our patrons uh, picked up with that quite a bit, and to the point where we decided to make it a reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 really interesting. Is there any like? I have to ask: Is there like any sponsorship or anything, or did you just decide to call it Copicon? Absolutely and, none. Like absolutely <laughs> none. And uh, in fact, if the uh, makers of 
Copico ever found out about it, I'm sure they would be furious. But um, there, uh, I mean, Copico is actually it's a coffee company. Uh, they they decided yeah. to make these candies additionally, which I think is how they're the only way that they're known over here. But it's an Indonesian uh-huh. coffee company that makes the Kopiko coffee, and then they've made these candies, and the candies are big sellers, or I don't know, moderate sellers outside of uh, Indonesia. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they have no idea that this is happening at all. Oh, <laughs> and certainly wow. don't officially sponsor it. <laughs> I would yeah, like to yeah, think yeah. I would like to think that they would maybe be tickled by like yeah. oh look at these people making our candy sales go up. Yep. In really weird spots around the world. That's right. And we're going to of course have a whole bunch of Copico for people to have at the convention, you know, which we are going to buy and take there and perhaps throw it's, in the um, audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as you guys don't get sued. There's <laughs> <laughs> open. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well. Now, the, yeah, I think that conlang streaming has become a thing. Uh, like I did, I did a one-off series for Lexember, mm-hmm. uh, and that was interesting. I learned, I learned one thing is you need to have a project that you're comfortable with like just random people on the internet having an opinion on and and affecting because uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> they true. they will push their ideas at you and <laughs> you need to figure out what you're going to do with that um but i occasionally will see other conlangers say oh i'm going to be streaming some conlanging and that's it's interesting that that is like becoming a thing and we have Conlang YouTube is already a thing. Yep. Uh, it's 100,000 subscribers. I didn't think that there were 100,000 people interested in Conlanging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Artifexian has a bunch of subscribers, too. Um, yeah, but he does, he does more than Conlanging, too. Well, Biblarity does, does more than Conlanging, too. He does biology. Yeah. doesn't interest me at all. But, but I, I'm I'm telling you, there is. It, it's like I, I think, especially for us that have been involved in the conlanging community a long way, what we think about is like you know, here's the conlanging community, and we are coming out of it, and so now we're doing a thing, and hope that everybody in the conlanging community that we know uh, will be interested in that thing and, and join it, but. Um, it's actually, it's just an entirely different community that I think a lot of them are coming from. Uh, a lot of them, I think, are just people that watch YouTube things and people that like, you know, interesting things. And maybe uh, uh, people who watch YouTube and never really thought about creating a language, but then come across one of these videos because they're popular and a friend shares them and then they become interested. Uh, and I think it's a it's drawing from a much larger audience than yeah. the community of, you know, the conling community of those that already exist and know what they're doing and why. Yeah. I mean, that that is a good point. I watch things that are related to my interests, like sort of reviews of audio equipment and stuff like that. And I watch 
have watched things on YouTube that, I mean, I would like to be able to do maybe, but have not done stuff like making miniatures and set pieces for TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a TTRPG group that's meeting in person, and I don't really have the stuff to make all that stuff, but it's still interesting to watch it. So that would be an interesting thing to study even is like how many of these people are actually going on to create conlangs and how many are just interested in the process either because they're interested in linguistics or they just like got the algorithmic recommendation uh, to see it. Um, you, I think... Go ahead. I, and both of those are good, I think. It's just and something to ask about. I think that you would be surprised how many go on to become language creators. And it's this kind of thing that I think the larger conlanging community and also the LCS is just completely missing. Because like these are people that come from YouTube, learn about conlanging at YouTube, never hear about anything related to the rest of the conlanging community, and then start producing stuff, and then basically just start producing their own YouTube videos. And it kind of like exists in an entire sphere that the LCS traditionally has not been very good with, uh, mm-hmm. which is, and I think it's because a, a lot of the conlanging community is a little bit older and um, mm-hmm. they treat YouTube roughly the way that I do, which is that I am willing to put stuff there, but that's not where I live, <laughs> you know? So, and I, that's kind of like what the LCS is doing, right? I mean, and it makes sense. It's like, well, YouTube is a place that the LCS puts its LCC videos um, and they can link to them and point to them. But there's not going to be anybody there that spends time just scouring YouTube for any conlang content and seeing, like, who's there, what they're doing, where they exist, like, what communities they have, trying to, you know, not infiltrate the communities, but at least, you know, make them aware, hey, the LCS is a thing, you know. It's just not something yeah. that is kind of in the uh, in the wheelhouse of the LCS, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, maybe people need to be a bit of a bridge, especially if, yeah, people like like you and maybe if I can get stuff onto YouTube, I can I can try. This could to be your be first bridge. YouTube video. This could be it <laughs> for for people who are listening to the audio. I am recording video of this. Uh, <laughs> And I I have been planning on, like, putting my old episodes up onto YouTube and starting doing video podcasts on YouTube. Uh, but I am testing out a thing that will allow me to record video. And we will see if that goes anywhere. Uh, the thing with video content is that it, it it takes more time and more effort than the audio content. With the audio content, I don't have to worry about how my room looks, which it's it's okay. It's not great right now. It's um, fine. <laughs> look, the main um, reason I'm recommending this is because I'm seeing this video right now, and I look great. I don't always <laughs> look great on a video, but well, this is dynamite. 
And I the, mean, if the video you can does. always trust David to have a high opinion of himself. Thank so, you. Uh, That's true. <laughs> if this video does go live, uh, shout out to our patron, Jonathan, who That's created true. the artwork for a mouse house for our language. For our oh my nice speakers. And in fact, I don't know if like this is probably too high quality, but here like duck down a little bit. You can see he these little mice made a bag, a little shopping bag out of a Copico wrapper. It's adorable. Oh uh, you know, <laughs> if I use this video, it'll probably be visible on YouTube. I can't see it right now because it <laughs> saves bandwidth by making you oh, a little green yeah, all pixelated. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> But, uh, yes, I am not above letting people see behind the curtain. But uh, anyway, they, this is really exciting. Uh, so we're going to have two Conline conferences in one year. Yeah. That's like the, the great thing. Because like LCS has always been like every other year. Mm -hmm. And the recent couple of years, they, they've been online only. Right. Yeah. Uh, which... That was, that's sort of a, like, back and forth. Like, I, I, I was only able to present because they had the online of only right. this year. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure that if they did in person, they could have a hybrid thing where some people could present online. I would kind of wish that we get back to in-person meetings more often because I think it's good for the conlangers Con to come together. Um, uh, not that I will guarantee that I can be at uh, Copicon. That's necessarily not necessarily uh, something I will be able to do. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take I, that soundbite out. Just the part where you say I can guarantee that I will be at Copicon. <laughs> And I'm going to put that as a quote on the website. David, Where's if you can pay for my plane ticket and make me a speaker, then I will definitely be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. No. That was actually the one thing. Uh, as it started, as our speaker list started to grow, I was like, oh, maybe we should have asked for two days instead of one. Because I will tell you, we're probably going 10 to 7. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, it's going to be quite quite a long day um but and, but a day mm -hmm. and it's like obviously i could have think i could easily think of more speakers and you would be mm -hmm. one of them oh man well, and we also um but maybe we need something for copycon 2 <laughs> copycon 2 that's right the reprise yeah the one that's going to be at the university of wisconsin that's right where, hosted by george corley i mean after all you've invited me to give so many talks there that I, at this point, you know, I'm just a regular. What would it, I mean, it wouldn't be anything for you to host another conference there, say, in another year. Hmm? But. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, nothing uh -huh. at all. Uh-huh. To the point uh, of, you don't You don't want me to host a live in-person event. You don't I'm not good it. at that. You need to say, <laughs> you need to talk to the people and say, hey, let's get a room for this. That's all. <laughs> Man. But, um, uh, yeah. Oh, my. I don't know. I don't, like, it's been a long time since I've talked to UW-Madison contacts, actually. Because, mm. you know, mm. once you graduate and you don't go into the academic path, you kind of, like, 
fall off of that. Oh, so it would have been like a really a whole lot easier for you to, for example, arrange a talk for a guest speaker while you were a student there. Is that right? I tried to do an uh, uh, to do an LCC at UW Madison, but I couldn't get it arranged properly. I just like people weren't helping me out with it, and it didn't it didn't plan out. And I was not selected, so they had it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, now, um, mm. let's move back to, because we're talking about you guys. We're not talking about me. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You, you're finishing up this last language, mm -hmm. and you plan to have it done around the time of Copicon or, uh, or, or before Copicon. When is the actual game going to come out? Do <laughs> you have a timeline for that? No. <laughs> is there going to be a Kickstarter or something that I should promote? It, probably. Uh, that is definitely something that we should do. Of course, you know what, what we need to do. The whole reason for having the languages was to actually write up the characters. Uh-huh. We need to get on that. We, we need to come up with names. Um, Sure thing. Yeah, but uh, we need to play test. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I'm going to go ahead and commit myself. Uh, uh -huh. We will play test a version of the game at Copicon. Whoa! 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like this is. Oh, you need to release that. More people are going to come. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, that's that's uh, that's the scoop here. And he's like, I'm just episode done, right? That's I don't think it gets. <laughs> so you play test a version of the game, yeah. And I presume this is this is going to include characters for all of the different animals, yeah. And uh, and you, a map and all the things that you need for that, and that's that maybe. That's very exciting. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Then uh, with that, I don't know. What else is there really to cover? Well, We've been kind of rambling for 30 minutes. I know. And... I know. Well, well, honestly, I mean, uh, something that we kind of kind of glossed over uh, is, you know, it's kind of cool that there's going to be, uh, you know, me, Mark Okrin, and Paul Fromer all speaking at the same thing. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, that's definitely great. Yeah. Mark, all of the... Mark is a cool guy. All of the big conlangers. I think, you know, it is... So, that's definitely a great thing that, like, the three of you are going to be there. You have Mark Oakrin and Paul Fromer. I will say mm. I am also excited about some of the other speakers because there are a lot of places where you can hear Marco Crindon and Paul Frommer speak. John Quijada? <laughs> Not so much. He's he's, Maybe, he's a good one. He's a good one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there's, there's, also, there's also Jesse. She's pretty good. Sally Caves? I think I tried to get Sally Caves on the show once and, and didn't happen. Really? So, oh, man. I think I... 
I'd have to I'd have to look back through the archives of my email, but I think I tried to get her on. Mm. But yeah, there's um there's everybody's gonna be a every every one of these speakers is gonna be somebody you wanna listen to. Um and possibly beat and you know, ask questions of. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm just happy to see like the expansion of the community and you know these two the these two conferences in one year you've got the expansion of the YouTube community and all of this stuff i think it's it's really great and um yeah yeah uh i think I will say that your guys, because of you guys, I did that test with live streaming. Mm-hmm. And I really do want to do a more substantial live streaming project. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a challenge for me to get time to do that, but it's something that I would be interested in developing. Uh, but, uh, and, I think it's an inspiration to a lot of people to have just more Conlang related media, not not Conlangs in media, but media about Conlangs being produced. I started this podcast hoping that that would happen, and I didn't get a whole lot of Conlanging podcasts that come come out from other people. But apparently we've got YouTubers and streamers now. (laughs) The truth is, though, that um, it's almost like you really have the conlanging podcast. And and I will say something that I think is extraordinarily valuable that I don't think gets uh, enough attention is when somebody creates something and then sticks with it for a long period of time uh, and your podcast has been here for so long now. I remember when it first yeah. started, because I remember when a lot of these projects started, especially like the Conlanging Journals. Yeah, It's like, I was, it was like, you know, you'd see an announcement, get ready for our first issue. And I'm thinking in my head, get ready for your last issue, because that's the, uh-huh. way, that's the way it goes. And so it's like, yeah, I remember when your podcast got started. And the first thing I thought was like, well, we'll see how many episodes this gets. And look how many episodes this has gotten. It really is something. It speaks to your dedication. It speaks to the fact that it's, you know, actually kind of struck a nerve and it's something that people are interested in. And, um, man, it's just, I think it's just such a wonderful thing that it's gone on for so long, so long and it keeps, and it's kept going. Uh, it really has been a very important part of conlanging for the past goodness. How many years now? How many years has it been? Uh, it's over 10 years. I believe I started it in 2011. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 2011, by the way, still feels like yesterday. But <laughs> That's another issue, David. <laughs> but look at that. That's just... It's okay. so wonderful. Well, Well, I mean, and it has not been easy and it has... I have had some issues with regularity recently, um, but I am still going at it 
And uh, I've been trying to work on ways to keep it going. But uh, thank you for that. Uh, but, I mean, you guys, you pushed pushed it into, I mean, there's, there were already YouTubers, but I think the streaming really is something that you pushed into existence with Langtime Studio. And I hope that goes on for a long time because you've got, you don't have just these animals you're gonna do expansion packs to the game that's true <laughs> and you could you could even do other projects on Langtime studio right so oh, yeah definitely um, yeah we likely will i mean we'll we'll probably have a discussion to see if we're going to change anything major moving forward but we've got expansion animals and that's the thing I had like basically like the moment I finished uh, the original set of animals and the original set of classes, I like immediately thought of others and I was like, mm, man, oh, this would be so good. Man, I'm so excited about one of these expansion classes. What are the expansion animals? Well, uh, so is that poll over yet? We had a whole big vote uh, and... Shoot, what were the top? Uh, I don't even remember what the top were anymore. Um, like, um, did otters otters make it to the top? River otters? Um, river otters was one. Uh, bats was, I know, one that was up near the top. They were very excited about you know, bats. Chipmunks dropped to the bottom, which was unfortunate. Yeah, chipmunks are just darling. That, that was a real shame. Um, and like foxes and raccoons. I don't remember. Did who, the beavers make it to the top? Did the beavers make it to the top? That was my favorite one. Oh. I hope that you have bats, because I like bats. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would do the bat language with you guys. Oh, man, and yeah. So that was, by the way, like the so part of it with the um, the river otters and the bats was creating, you know, uh, a a swimming class and a flying class, and figuring right. out exactly how those would work. And of course, if you're going to create a, a swimming class, right, then it just makes sense that for every map, there better be some water on there. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, <laughs> no point. Yeah, you do need to but, um, have yeah. a river it or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I've, got, I've got ideas there. But um, anyway, so, uh, but yeah, we actually did have a vote because we put up like 14 or 15 different animals and we said like we'd take the top two or three. In my head, I thought it was 17. That was it, the number I was going sure. to. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were sticking mainly with smaller mammals. Of course, there's always the possibility of uh, amphibians and reptiles. Um, I, uh, I excommunicated insects. Uh, different things are happening with them. And I'm still on the fence about birds. Mm. I'm just not sure. But of course, aren't birds just reptiles? Or is it that dinosaurs are birds and not birds? Reptiles? Birds are dinosaurs. Birds are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. And it's like the chicken is yeah. totally a So the, I mean, thematically, and the thing is, like, most birds can fly, but then, like, if you look at specific species of birds that you would want to include, they fly in different ways, mm. and, so you know, it, it's, it would get kind of complicated, but yeah. a lot of birds are pretty smart, which right. might be something that is 
relevant. Crows, and then of course there's Canadian geese, and they're so angry. Uh, by the way, the only Canadians who are angry. If you wanted an if you wanted an angle uh, for uh, having Bibliority on the show, returning to an earlier topic, is that one thing that he has gone into depth about is conlanging for uh, species with different biology um, and taking uh-huh. it more much more seriously than we do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so about that. Like, hmm. I think there's room for different approaches on that because we've talked about alien languages on the show mm-hmm. before, and I think that there's, I think, for you guys, I think a priority was that actual human beings would be able to pronounce the names. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you might also take a more speculative route and not worry so much about that and build it based on animal physiology or alien physiology. Um, So I can see both things. Uh, One of my ideas for streaming would be make all of my own version of all of the exotic languages for D&D. And I'm thinking, like, for dragons, dragons look very different but in terms of accommodating their physiology i want people to actually be able to say incantations at the table yeah Mm -hmm. so i would probably only like remove things at most and not try to make something that is based on some mythical uh physiology that I make up. Yeah, and I but, think, you know, it's, like, for my level of fun, I'm right there with you. Like, that's what I yeah. want, too. You know, yeah. something that, uh, you know, might uh, take some cues from potential dragon physiology, but, like, if it gets to a point where you literally can't pronounce the sounds, then that's just not fun yeah. to me. But there are definitely conlangers who think that is the fun part and would, like, you know somebody yeah. to, to go into that and so it's cool and there might somebody be, that does that and there might be like you know most properties are probably going to want human actors to say all the lines and stuff mm-hmm. but there might even be cases where I mean I've seen alien languages that could not be pronounced put into books uh, that's definitely something that can that you can do um, and there's ways I have one language that has a tone that humans cannot pronounce. I could probably do some sound effects to make it work, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would do like. I, I would be very happy if your expansion included bats. And I would make the bat language for you guys if you wanted me to. <laughs> but uh, I think we have talked about a lot of things. Uh. I think the number one thing I want to remind people is uh, as we are recording, registration is available for CopyCon. There you go. So go to the site. I will link the site. You go there. It's $40, and it's going to be extremely limited. Yeah. 
you can only have a hundred people. Yeah, and and when I say that, like we, as in Jesse and I, we only have fifty. So like we're we're splitting um, <laughs> we're splitting the registration with uh, Georgetown. Um, yeah, and so like for us, like it's it's actually only fifty. And then the other. Well, if you're going to, yeah, Georgetown, to Georgetown, then you go through a different thing. But yeah. Otherwise, people listening here, go to the link, and you can do the registration. It's forty dollars, and uh, hopefully, you guys can get some kind of um, like online things set up. If uh, yeah, if you do, then I will update people on that. Yeah, but absolutely. I'll send so far, everybody the link there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just very exciting to have a second online conference with so many good speakers and you know i would go there if i could <laughs> yeah yeah all right cool um all right everybody did you have something to say well i was wondering should we talk about the uw stuff oh i mean if you want to toss it out there i you know what the reason I want to do this here, sorry, so just give us like five more minutes. Uh, the reason I want okay. to do this here is because, of course, you, you have a, a wide variety of listeners, so you might have somebody who could build on this. O over the past semester, we've been working with, um, or was it two quarters? No, it was past semester. We've been working with um, a group at the University of Washington iSchool, uh, and mm -hmm. they have been building some Conlang software for us. Uh, yes. which we are calling, uh, which we called Langtime Engine. But uh, basically it's, it's web-based and it allows you to um, build uh, a dictionary online with uh, fields in it that are customizable. Um, and it also runs some statistics on them, uh, depending on just a, a number of variables. Um, and so like, it's kind of like in a, it's in a, 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 a stable though, like not super huge state, um, that people can use right now for, uh, if they would like to, but there's also a link on the site to GitHub where they've put together all of their documentation, all of their, mm -hmm. uh, plans that they had for it, that they weren't able to, uh, put together and all of their code. And so if there were conlangers who code who are interested, you can take all of that and keep building on it uh, if you would like. Yeah. Yeah. There, There is a need for conlanging software. And, you know, the stuff that is made for language documentation is stuff that I've used before. But it's kind of, you know, not made for what I want to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. And uh, I, I had an unfortunate incident uh, with one thing. Make sure that, I, and I'm sure that the Langtime engine has ways to back up stuff locally. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, you can export. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure... Whenever you use any software program for your conlanging, make sure you know like where stuff is stored. Yeah. Because I lost a dictionary that way. Oh. Um, mm. With uh, Flex. Um, 
but uh yeah this this sounds exciting yeah. uh to have another option for conlangers and i would and i would sorry i was going to see there, is there like a chat option yeah, here right there what where down yeah down there oh so okay. there's a chat there's a chat thing are there you, you trying to give me a link? Yes, there we go. So the link is langtimeengine.framer.website. I didn't even know .website was. Okay, that's great. There you um, go. I did not know that was out. I had seen you calling for people to test it. Well, yes. um, it's brand new. They introduced us to introduced it to us yesterday. And, yeah. And wow. one of the one of the cool things was like this is really. Um, well, none of the students working on it are actually conlangers. It was built for conlangers by, um, you know, they worked with us, but then they also interviewed other people in the community and they did um, three different rounds of test driving what they were working on uh, with different people throughout the community and pretty much every time got, you know, completely different people. And so um, they had a variety of input from the community, which is really exciting. Yeah. And the cool thing is that, like, you know, it exists as it, as it does, but they made everything available, including all of their notes, uh, so that anybody can use this as a stepping stone if you want to make a new version, build something bigger and better. Oh, here's something that just, just, uh, I re relevant to what I've just talked about. They have a function to recover deleted languages. Yeah. Yes, and just that is um, that's good for anyway. thirty days because for the yeah. space on yeah. the, the drive. But for yeah, back, back days. everything up anyway. Yes. But yes. Uh, the, mm -hmm. this is definitely an interesting. So the language statistics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so one thing okay. that we have yeah. come across is that when we create words, we manually keep track of, say, how many words start with M, how many words start mm -hmm. with B or whatever. But like what we can't really do is how often do words in our language have a B in them, whether it's the first right. word or, you know, first letter rather or wherever it occurs yeah. first sound, I should say. Um, and so this the statistics allows you to, uh, you know, just hit that button and it will tell you how many times does B occur in your entries in the IPA field? How many times does it occur in this position or here? And so it breaks it down um, in ways that it's a, you know, touch of a button and you can figure that out about your language. That's really good. Um, and I think that can be a, and actually a good tool for research because um, I have often had the question of maybe we should examine conlangs and see if they have the same kind of distribution characteristics as natural languages. Right. Right. And that would be, you know, something that I would assume that it, at least follows a general like Zipfian distribution, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's something that somebody can uh, do some studies on. Um, but and and also like different generation methods. Like I generate tons of random roots, whereas you guys like are the kind of conlangers that like come up with stuff out of your own head and 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 build words that way mm -hmm. whether that affects distribution of different phonemes and right. stuff that would yeah. be interesting yeah. i 
And the one, the one question I have there is, of course, you can generate as many roots as you want, but then you have to pick them. <laughs> right. There's some, there's right. some human element there, you know? Yeah, so, yeah that, that is true. Uh, I have to, and I don't randomly assign them. Yeah. I do, I generate, my current MO is generate like 3,000 roots and then randomly pick between them, but then like... I will change the random number over and over until I get something I'm happy with. <laughs> nice. <Right. laughs> it's kind of like me with a playlist. I just put it on shuffle, but man, if it's not the one song I want to hear, mm. yeah. skip. Get <laughs> skip. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, everything's exciting. Everybody go to Copicon, uh, copicon.com. And go register for that now while slots are open. And everybody go to langtimeengine.framer.website. And uh, you can go and check out Langtime Engine and see if it will fit into your conlanging workflow. It will be, I'm sure it will be exciting for a lot of people. Um, but... And is this example, is this Trigetta slang? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I see English etymologies, <laughs> and I see, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, everybody, uh, thank you, David and Jesse, for being on. Do you have any last thoughts before we leave? Uh, I'm just really honored to be on the, the very first uh, Con Langry video podcast. It's, um, you get a... it's, it's really something that is meaningful to me that, you know, that you chose us specifically for this um, to honor your very first video podcast. I am just honestly just so touched. And David, really, I've just been fighting. Are you trying to trap me into publishing this as a video podcast? Do understand that I have the control of the editing and I can remove anything I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. This is not live. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys uh, for coming on and thank everybody for listening. And I'm going to say happy conlanging. Thanks for listening or watching, as the case may be. If you enjoyed the show, you can support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash conlangery. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Mintaka, Connor Stewart Rowe, Kenan Kigunda, Graham Hill, Jaylinda Surridge, Jesse, Kay, Viren Patrick, Alex Russell Hayes, Alexis Hugelman, Brackegrunk, Grammar Antifa, Eloivar Yana Mentoleo, Jack Keynes, Jeremiah, Nicholas Norblad, Sigourney Hunter, Soton, Sylvia Sotomayor, Conlangery is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Conlangery's theme music is by Null Device. Thank you.